Welcome to the Laker Room Podcast. I'm your host, Ray G, and I want to thank you guys for tuning in. So for today's episode, I just want to get right into it. I don't know about y'all, but Media Day got me so damn excited. Like, I am ready to go, and I'm so happy that the offseason is over, and now we're going to be back to NBA basketball, but most importantly, to see our Los Angeles Lakers. So, I want to recap my thoughts on Media Day today, and one of the first things that I could tell you guys that I've noticed was the energy level. The energy that we had yesterday on September 27th, Media Day, was great. Like, it was so much positivity. And I'm not saying that the years before that, it wasn't like that. But this year, that just, I don't know why, that just stood out to me. It's like, I feel like everybody was on the same page. There was no disconnect. And I think that what's different from this year to the previous years are that they don't have that, I want to say, that learning curve that they was having the, the previous years to where it felt like everything was uncertain. You know, it's like, okay, well, we'll see what we can do. We still got to learn each other. We got, you know, such a young squad and this, that, and the third. So I didn't feel that this time. And I think maybe because we have a lot of vets on the team and they know their part, they know how to play the game, they don't have to be taught the game. And that's no disrespect to the young squad, the young core that we had um, shipped out. But it definitely gives it a different confidence level to listen to these interviews and these players know their role we know that there's no learning curve we know that there's not going to be rookie mistakes or anything like that we know that this team seems to have one goal and that goal is to win a championship and that has me so excited like the nation like i'm like let's do it like i don't want let's not talk no more like let's do the damn thing i'm just ready for it so that's one thing that for sure stood out to me, like the players' confidence and things like that. I was happy about that. Like I said, nobody was, you know, had any ill will or nobody seemed uncomfortable. Everybody seemed very comfortable. Um, one thing that kind of was a damper to me is just the fact that Kuz is hurt and he's out, and that sucks. So shout out to Kuz get well soon hopefully we see sometime soon but we definitely want to make sure that he's 100 percent. and i like how the team and the coach they're not rushing him to come back like that's key right there let the player heal and be 100 percent because i feel like this is going to be a long season we're going to make a deep run if not win a championship so one thing that the lakers always had to deal with these past years has been health like we had the injury bug like crazy and my hopes are that that's something that we can, we can avoid this, this season. Like, not all the injuries and, you know, players being out, which is a part of the game. You know, it's a part of the game. We can't sit here and think that it's not. You know, players get injured. It's a part of being a basketball player. It's a part of being a, a pro in any level, you know, any sports. It's just a part of it. But it does definitely suck to know that he's not going to be uh, participating in training camp. Um, but, again, I'd rather have him there for the long run than have him, you know, rush back and then we lose him for significant portions of the season where we need him. Because I believe he can be our third scorer, our third star. 
I mean, being a guy who was averaging 19 points a game, you know, to me, come on, I feel like he only going to go up because he's going to continue to learn. So that's the only thing that I was like, ah, man. But other than that, I mean, we're locked in. Like I said, they seem so locked in and just so ready to play the game. You know, it's been a long, long summer for these guys. They haven't played basketball or competitive basketball, should I say. It's been practicing drills and probably a lot of scrimmages for them. But they haven't played competitive basketball in a long time. So I'm sure they're very eager to get back on the court, as I would be too if I was them. And we're eager as Laker Nation to see them play. You know, all these players that came in and that they put together, this team that they put together, seems to be a very good team to me. And I think we're going to have we're gonna have some fun out there. And like, like I said, again, I can't wait. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited also about this defensive mindset that they're bringing in. You know, starting from the coach on down. I don't know about y'all, but I like Coach Frank Vogel. Some people are like, oh, he's not Doc Rivers. I mean, no, he's not. But I like him. I think he's going to do well for us. Um, I, I don't see, you know, why not? You know, why, why not? I think he's going to do well. And I think he has these guys locked in and – like I said, they're ready. They're, they're on this type of, let's be about it and not keep talking about it. Let me just show you better than I can tell you. And I, I for one, I love that. That's just me in general. Like, I want to show you better than I can tell you. Like, I don't want to keep talking. Let's just do the damn thing. That's it. That is it. So, I'm excited, guys, once again. So, I want to get into now the first 10 games of the season. And my prediction on where our Lakers will be. Let me try and get this pulled up for you guys so that I can get the exact teams that we're going to play. And I can tell you guys what I think. I think that we're going to start off strong, to be honest. I think we should start off strong, at least. I think that the NBA has done us a favor in this, um, in the way that they created the schedule for us this year. Because we always have a hard, it seems like we always had a hard schedule and then it started to taper off towards uh, All-Star break. But I think this is a different scenario. So, let me start off. The first game is the Clippers. And I think that we're going to win that game. And I think we're going to win that game because of, one, they're our little brothers. And we got to, you know, put them in their place. Stay in the child's place. You stay there. You know, that's where the Clippers belong. So I believe that we're going to win that one. We're ready. We're excited. We're trying to, you know, get all these wins in the column. So that's a W for us. And then we have the Utah Jazz. Now, the Utah Jazz has our numbers. And I don't know why, but this is a team that we always struggle with. Even with Kobe on our team, like, we always struggle with the Utah Jazz. So if we lose, I would not be surprised. So I'm going to give us an L there. So, we're going to catch our first L against the Utah Jazz. The Charlotte Hornets, that's a W. The Memphis Grizzlies, that's a W. The Dallas Mavericks, that's a W. The San, San Antonio Spurs, that is a W. The Chicago Bulls, that's a W. The Miami Heat, that's a W. The Toronto Raptors. Now, people think that because Kawhi left, that the Toronto Raptors are a scrub of a team. I don't think they are a scrub of a team. I think they're going to be pretty good, um, and I think they may be an underdog of a team to where they're going to sneak in and get wins that you didn't think they're not going that you don't think 
they are going to win. So, with that being said, they might catch us slipping. They just might catch us slipping, y'all. And I'm going to give us an L there. So, that brings us to our very last team. Team game number 10, the Phoenix Suns. That's an automatic W. Like, we can't. See, that's one thing that separates the good from the great teams is you have to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. We cannot lose to the Phoenix Suns this year. Now, that's unacceptable. Like, we can't do that. So, that's what's going to set the tone for us if we start out beating these teams that we're supposed to beat, such as the Phoenix Suns. And that'll be game 10. So, that brings us to 8-2, and two, starting out the gate. I, I think that's pretty good. I wouldn't be mad at that. I'd be pretty satisfied with the 8-2 and two start. Um, like I said, this schedule seems a little softer to start and it probably gets harder going towards all-star break and beyond. Um, so eight and two, very fast start. You know, I think, think we'll start looking good and that's a confidence booster. Even if it's against, you know, easier teams or whatever, you want to, you want to see wins in that column start to pile up. Again, you have to beat these teams that you're supposed to beat. We can't lose to the Phoenix Suns. We can't lose to the Chicago Bulls, and we can't lose to Charlotte Hornets. Like, we, no, that's unacceptable. Like, we have to beat those teams. We lose to the Jazz, I'll be pissed, but I won't be as pissed as if we lose to the Charlotte Hornets. So, like I said, again, we have to beat these teams that we are supposed to beat. So, my prediction through the first 10 games are the Lakers will be 8-2. and two. So, I'm hoping that is the case. I'm hoping I'm correct. That would make me very happy. I mean, 10 and 0 would really make me happy, but come on. Let's be realistic. I mean, I guess it's not realistic. It's a possibility. But I don't want to get my hopes too, too high. And then, you know, I know the game of basketball. I know sometimes how the Lakers do play um, down to the level of the competitor. So, 8 and 2 is where I'm at, guys, through the first 10 games. So now. One thing, another thing that I want to jump into is the coaching staff. There's a lot of buzz. There was a lot of buzz going on about our coaching staff. And Jason Kidd and uh, Frank Vogel and Lionel Hollins. Oh, they're all head coaches. You know, they got to watch each other's back. I mean, who's to say that they are have any ill will against each other? Like, who's to say that Jason Kidd, like, yeah, we're going to stab, I'm going to stab Coach Vogel in the back. Who say Lionel Hollins have the same goal? Maybe they don't. You know, these guys are competitors. You know, they're head coaches, yes. But you got to give the Lakers a great, you know, you got to give them credit for putting together a team, a team of coaches like this, a coaching staff. Like, you have Frank Vogel, Coach Kidd, and you have Coach Hollins. I know I've seen on, I think it was on one of the shows, it might have been ESPN or so or something like that, where they said that Jason Kidd is going to be in charge of the offense and Lionel Hollins will be in charge of the defense, which I think is very, very, very good. Luke didn't have that. Luke, I don't know what Luke had, y'all. I don't know what that guy was doing. Like, I can't even tell you what Luke was doing because that's the difference. This is the difference I'm seeing in the coaching staffs. One is experience the other ones are inexperienced you know there's luke and friends 
And then this this is the actual coaching staff to me. And I saw just how I felt. Like, I was not a fan of Luke or his coaching staff. And that's why he's out the door. Because I don't think he did a good job. And neither did the Lakers, apparently. So, I'm happy to have this coaching staff with Frank Vogel, Jason Kidd, Lionel Hollins, and, you know, so on and so forth. This is a very experienced coaching staff, and that's what we need for our team. We cannot have a team of young players and then a, also a team of inexperienced coaches leading us. Like, that's like a disaster waiting to happen, and it, it happened. LeBron was there, and we, yeah, we was fourth last year, and the injuries took us down. But Luke lost a lot of games for us with his rotations, his inexperience. A lot of that shit is the reason why we lost, too, amongst the suspensions and amongst the injuries. But Luke, you know, he lost some games for us, too. So I'm, I'm glad to have Coach Vogel and the rest of the coaching staff here. I think they're going to do well. Um, I think having Lionel Hollins as the defensive coach is good because we know that's what his teams in Memphis were hung their hat on. They're a very good defensive team, uh, grit and grind type of teams. And then I believe that with Jason Kidd having the basketball mind that he has will come up with a good offensive scheme for us. So I think those two combined will do well. You know, will do well, and I hope they do well. And that's, you know, we're just going to have positive vibes going for this whole season. Like, you know, we, we did a good job. And, again, like I said, the big difference in this coaching staff is experience versus no experience. Luke and friends versus coaches that's been here, that's, you know, been to playoff games. They're playoff tested. And the the players respect them. And that's that's key, too, guys, like, your players need to respect you, and I don't think that the players respected Luke Walton and his coach staff, coaching staff last season. I think they have a lot of respect for Jay Kidd and the rest of the coaching staff, Frank Vogel and everybody like that. So that's going to be key. They're going to be able to test these players. They're going to be able to push LeBron James, push Anthony Davis and Rondo and everybody like that. That's going to be very, very, very good for us. This is what we needed. Um we, it was too chill last year. It was too chill. You know, we the players would make a dumb call or do some dumb shit, and Luke would just sit there with a stupid-ass face like nothing's happening. Like, he had no passion for the game. I believe this coaching staff is going to dig into these players to try to pull out the best that they can, and that's what we want to see as fans. We don't want you to be on the sideline, cool, calm, and collected. We want you coaching and coaching your ass off and showing us your passion showing us that you care about the game. This is what we want to see. So, like I said, there's going to be, to me, there's going to be a big difference. No, he's not Ty Lue. I didn't care for Ty Lue. Still don't care for Ty Lue. I mean, Monty Williams, he was all right, you know, but I don't care for him like that too. I think that this coaching staff that they put together is going to be very good for us, and I look forward to seeing what they do. Now, that that's out of the way, I want to get on to the first practice. I don't know if you guys seen it or not. I think it had just came out today. Today's Saturday, by the way, um, September 28th. And, uh, yeah, this is the first practice that we've seen. And I got to say, yeah, they got me excited. They looking good. Like, and they are looking good. They look fast. 
And I, I know media day that it was brought up that they're going to play fast, and I could definitely expect that. Um, but they're looking good. They're looking very good. One person that stood out to me that looked more, you know, spry is Avery Bradley. He looked good when he was doing those drills. I was like, okay, yeah, that 40 pounds, he dropped 40 pounds, y'all. He dropped 40 pounds. And that definitely does justice for your body to lose weight like that and be an athlete. So he looks he looks good. And I believe he had made some quotes about being the best perimeter, defensive perimeter player. And I definitely want to see that. That's, that's exactly what I want to see. I would love to see that. I would love for him, Danny Green, and KCP to be a three-headed perimeter defense monster. We already have AD, and we have uh, JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard for our interior presence. Now, to have them on them three I named on the defense, Avery Bradley, Danny Green, and KCP oh, on the perimeter, oh, yeah. Yeah, we will definitely, you know, do some damage, I believe. Because I think that the offense is set. I mean, like I said, you got Anthony Davis giving you 25 and LeBron giving you 28. And I think LeBron has always worked well on teams that when he can drive into the paint, he kick it out. And you got three-point shooters. He got his snipers. So I feel like that's going to do him a lot of justice to be able to go into the paint, kick it to Danny Green, and pretty much have the confidence that the ball's going in. We didn't have that confidence last year, man, because it was like, God. Every time they shot the three, it was like, damn, it's probably not going to go in. It's not going to go in. It's like, he got you a wide open shot. He has you a wide open shot, Brandon Ingram. Clip that shit. Josh Hart, a wide open shot. Clip it. Even KCP, a wide open shot. What are you doing? You know what I'm saying? And we're just waiting for that one player to be consistent. And that was was not the case last year. It was no consistency. We didn't have the elite three-point shooters that we needed. And I think that we have them now. I think now when he kicks it out to Danny Green, we feel good. We feel good that it's going in. We're like, okay, cool. You know, that's, it's wide open. You know, Danny Green, we know he can shoot. Troy Daniels going to light it up for us too, I believe. Um, I think that's a prayer that everybody got to look out for, especially when we need some buckets, um, three-point shots. So, and then I can't forget my boy, Quinn Cook. I was so happy when the Lakers signed him. I was excited. As soon as I seen the Warriors release him, I was like, Lakers, get Quinn Cook. Looked on my Twitter timeline, boom, Lakers signed tw- uh, Quinn Cook. Oh, yeah, I was waiting on him. That had me pumped. So, like I said, Quinn Cook, when he used to play with the Warriors and he'd get in and he'd shoot the shot, I'm like, oh, this shit going in. And it did. Like, his shot, he has a nice jump shot. You know, he can score the ball. He's very, he's a good, you know, a good role player to have on the team. So I'm very, very happy to have him. And like I said, Dwight, Dwight, he got a lot to prove. So I think that, you know, he's going to be motivated. And that's a good thing. We need a motivated Dwight Howard. And I feel like he's changed. He's a little humble. Like I said, before he played this man, I was not happy with him. I was like, man, forget Dwight Howard. I was not happy with him, boy. So when he came back to the team, 
I was on the fence. I was like, damn, you know, do we get him? Do we not get him? But it was like he was the best available option out there. I mean, we could have get Kenneth Reed because to me, Kenneth Reed probably would have been undersized, although I probably wouldn't mind having him. But, again, he would have been kind of undersized. And then Joaquin, I, no, I'm good on Joaquin Noah. So Dwight was like, all right, if you can come in and you can prove yourself and you can play your role and just have keep that same goal that we all have, you'll do well with us. And then the fact that he was able to go ahead and sign a non-guaranteed contract shows that, you know, he's become humble. So, I mean, you can only, the only thing we can do is give him a chance. And if it doesn't work, goodbye. It, goodbye. But I think that he's going to come in and do his part. I mean, he has no reason not to. Um, With Boogie going down, we had to give him that chance, I believe. And it sucks that Boogie went down and he keeps getting injured. So, prayers up for Boogie. Hopefully, he has a speedy recovery and can find his way back in the NBA one day. But he got to chill out with all that extra, that extra stuff that he got going on. So... I'm hoping he go ahead and, and rest up and get right and come back and come back even stronger because a lot of people are doubting him. And, you know, you got to prove your haters wrong, man. You got to shut them haters down. So, Boogie, somebody else, I feel, you know, I feel like he'll, hopefully he comes back and he does his thing. JaVel McGee, you know, he speaks for himself. I believe that JaVel McGee should start over Dwight Howard. I think that it's his starting spot to lose. I don't think that Dwight should come in and take his starting spot. JaVel didn't lose it. JaVel did nothing to lose that starting spot. So I believe that Dwight, if you want to come in, you want to start, you got to outplay JaVel McGee. It can't be no, oh, well, he's Dwight Howard, so of course he has to start over JaVel McGee. Nope. You got to earn your damn spot. It shouldn't be that way. It, it, it shouldn't. And then... As for stuff like player roles, I think that we should bring Kuz off as a six man. I think that's going to, you know, go well for us. I think that because you have Anthony Davis in the starting lineup with LeBron James. And then I would give, like I said, I would go, my starting five would be Rondo at the one, Danny Green at the two, LeBron James at the three, Anthony Davis at the four, and JaVel McGee at the five. That would be my starting lineup. And I believe that they have the scoring punch because I think that they're going to play inside out. That's what I believe. I think that they're going to play fast, and I think they're going to play inside out. So they're going to get the ball inside. They don't find nothing inside. Kick it out to kick it out to Danny Green. You know, Danny Green hit that three. Um, JaVel McGee going to protect the paint. LeBron and AD going to do what LeBron and AD does. So, I think they're going to have the scoring down pack for the starting lineup. So, we're going to need that bench scoring. So, I want to see Kuz come off and lead the the bench in scoring so he can get that sixth man of the year. I would like the starting. I want to say the bench player should be, um, let's say, Quinn Cook. At the point guard, um, let's say I want to see, who am I thinking of? What is his name? KCP, a brain freeze. So, KCP at the two. At the three, 
Here I go with another brain freeze, man. I can't even think who can go to a three. We that's where we're thin at. We're thin at the small forward. Like that's where we're thin at. That's why I would love to see Andre Iguodala come in, and Andre Iguodala will fit perfectly at the three, coming off the bench. Like, and then like I said, you can have Kuz at the four, and then you can bring Dwight in at the five. That would be the perfect bench lineup to me. But we don't got Iggy right now, and I don't know who I would slide in at the three. Laker Nation, let me know who you would slide in at the three on the bench right now. I don't know. I'm brain frozen or what. But I'm just not sure how who I would put in at the three. But I know I would put Kuz at the four and Dwight at the five. And I think that Dwight, Kuz, KCP would take care of the scoring. And, and Quinn Cook would take care of the scoring on the bench. And then, like I said, you can also interchange and throw Troy Daniels in there to get some more. And then also Jared Dudley. So... Um, but I'm not sure who I'll put in a three at the three for the bench. Maybe I don't know. Is Jared Dudley the three? Can he play the three? I'm not sure. But yeah, we just need Iggy. Memphis, free Iggy, bruh. Like free Iggy. He the man don't want to be there. Free Iggy. What is y'all doing? Just let the man go. Y'all out here trying to hold out for trades. Free that man and let him end his career on the way he wants to end it. And he for sure don't want to end it in Memphis. So, come on. Free Iggy. Like I said, he, I think he coming to the Lakers. Like, why not? What other team would he want to go to? Like, the Lakers are waiting for him. He's waiting for the Lakers. The stuff that's in between us is them damn Memphis Grizzlies. Free the man. Free Iggy Grizzlies. Come on. Y'all need him. Y'all not going nowhere. Y'all got a first-round pick for him. So it ain't like you ain't going to get enough for him. Go ahead and, and release him or wave him or do whatever you got to do. But free that man so he can come on to the Lakers and we can do our thing. Um, that's all we need, y'all. We I think that we need another we need another wing and we need another playmaker. Um, and I think that then we'll be set. But I believe that if we don't get another play, playmaker, we'll be okay. But I think we definitely have to get another wing. Like, we need another wing. And we need Andre Iguodala. Like, that's who we need. And that's who we want. And it's not because his offense. And no, he's not the defensive player that he once was. But he's still a hell of a player that can defend his ass off. He's a veteran that knows how to win. He's a veteran that plays the game of basketball with an elite mindset. And he's won a couple championships. He's going to be a good, you know, veteran to teach and to show us, to show the other players, you know, that don't know how to win, like rookies, how to win. So that's going to be a very, very good thing, and that's why I want him. Not just because his defense. I think he brings a lot to the table that we could use, and he'll be a great leader. Although we still have Anthony Davis as a leader, and we have Rondo, and we have LeBron James. So we have plenty of leaders along with Jerry Dudley, but it won't it won't hurt to have too many leaders to me. Like, let's do it. I mean, this is our year, I think. I think this is our year. I think that we gotta go for it. We gotta go for it. We have parity in the NBA now. 
This is a two-star league, and I think we got the best duo in the league. I don't care about Paul George, and I don't care about Kawhi, and I don't care about Russell Westbrook, and I don't care about James Harden, and I don't care about any of those other duos because I believe that the Los Angeles Lakers have the best duo in the basketball, the in the in the NBA. Why was I about to say WNBA? <laughs> I'm out here tripping, but I think we got the best duo, and I think that we're going to be hard to stop, especially in the interior. Who, especially that LeBron James Anthony Davis pick and roll, like that's going to be something nice. That's going to be something nice to see, nice to witness, and we just got to get ready, Laker Nation. I'm ready. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and get League Pass again. Last year, I wasted my damn money on League Pass because, who I was pissed off every time we lost, y'all. I was pissed off. But this year, I'm going to go ahead and get League Pass again because I'm not trying to miss no games. And another thing is thank you, thank you, thank you, NBA, for changing the game times on the West Coast. I'm in Dallas, so... I had to watch the games late. Like, I think the games out here would start, like, at 9.30. And then they'll end, like, 12, close to 12-ish. And I had to go to work in the morning, so I'd wake up and be tired as hell because I'm up watching the Lakers all night. So I appreciate the NBA for changing those times for people that's not on the West Coast and that time zone difference because I did live in New York. So when I lived in New York, the game started even later. And thank God I had a job where I I went to work, like, in the middle of the day so I can be up all night. But that's not the case here. That's not the case here in Dallas. I got to get up early in the morning. So shout out to the NBA for changing those times. And that allows us people that's not on the West Coast to be able to to watch the game and go to bed in time to be able to work or go to school or whatever you got to do in the morning time. So... I'm excited, guys. The NBA season is now starting. No more off season. We try, we trying to get to it and get this chip. Um, if y'all got, if you guys are excited as I am, you know, let me know. Drop a comment, uh, review, subscribe to the. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Like I said, holla at me on Twitter. Let me drop my Twitter for y'all one more time. R A E underscore g33 again r-a-e underscore g33 tune in for the next episode have a good night guys